0: traffic light will i be all right
1: i don't know hello welcome to tay to z where we chat about every taylor swift song in alphabetical order I'm Devin.
0: And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Dear John from Speak Now.
1: Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. That episode, right? Am I right? so good. So good. And today, we are discussing, finally, finally, the song Death by a Thousand Cuts from Lover. Yes!
0: Finally, yes! Honestly, so many Lover songs in this part of the alphabet. Yeah,
1: Ds. A lot of Ds and Cs yeah. of Lover. Yeah,
0: we've had a nice little streak.
1: It's been really great because we love Lover.
0: Yeah, a lot of tens. <laughs> a, lot a lot of tens lot of recently. Of tens. <laughs> a lot of tens.
1: Death by a Thousand Cuts is the, oh, 10th track on Lover. hmm oh.
0: Lover was released on August 23rd, 2019, and this song was co-written by our guy, Jack
1: Antonoff. Jack Antonoff! Yes! <laughs> This song has been played live only twice. Sad. Sad. Once on the NPR Tiny Desk series, and then the other time was at the City of Lover concert in Paris. Again, which, you know, so jealous of yeah. all the people that got to go to that. Still. Both of the versions are good, but the City of Lover one is like...
0: No, I love the Tiny <laughs> Desk version, actually.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. I. The,
0: I mean, they're I both know. so good.
1: Yeah, they're, I mean, they're both I so good. I wish that,
0: you know, we could have obviously gotten the chance
1: to see I, it. I think life. having the ambiance of the concert, like in that video, and just like the sepia, like black and white tone, just gives it this extra like, ugh, like raw, you know? <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> Still jealous of everyone who was there, and we still have not heard from anyone who's there. So if you're listening and you were at City of Lover,
1: please, please we do let have us know some, how it was. We have some French Swifties uh, who follow us, mm-hmm. so please let us know. Yes.
0: We are very excited to share that we have a guest with us on this episode. We'd like to introduce you to my friend Brittany Perlmutter, a Swiftie who currently lives in New York City. Brittany, welcome to Tay to Z.
2: Hi, thank you guys for having me. I am so thrilled to be here. This is the highlight
0: of my life. (laughs) Yes.
1: Welcome. (laughs)
0: Welcome to Tay to (laughs) Z. Love the podcast, love the Instagram. (laughs) Brittany's been with us since the beginning, guys, so big deal. She's been
1: Tay to Z stan. Uh, I for, for quite a while.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a tay stan, I must admit. So, Brittany, we ask all of our guests about their Taylor history. And I know yours is different than some of our past guests. Yeah. So, when did you become a Swifty?
2: I was a big musical theater kid growing up.
0: <laughs> so, hoop, hoop, when theater. I got
2: big musical theater kids right here. So, when I started driving, I used to only listen to musical theater. I would be carpooling from high school to rehearsal for like shows with my friend eleanor and even though she did musicals with me she just got so sick of only listening to musicals in the car so she was like i'm going to make you a mix cd of songs that aren't from musicals of real songs And you are going to listen to this in the car with me and you're going to start learning real music. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So the first mix CD, the first song on it, and this was my junior year of high school, so right after Debut came out, was our song. So I loved our song. I loved Debut, Should Have Said No, Picture to Burn. All that. Then, Mm -hmm. like, once I got to college, I really fell out with Taylor hard. Like, I remember sitting on my bed and watching the Kanye thing, which, like, I felt bad about. But, like, at this point, I was, like, falling out with Taylor. She was becoming too mainstream. Like, I was Mm. hearing her all the time. I just, like, couldn't do it anymore. So, I ultimately, throughout my college years, which I can't believe it, because, Gab, I hung out with you too much. (laughs) I was... A Taylor hater,
1: mm-hmm. oh a true my Taylor God. hater. Yep.
2: Like Whoa. a hardcore Taylor hater. Like, I really did not like her. I remember a friend of mine trying to get me to listen to Red and, like, I loved I Knew You Were Trouble, but I still hated Taylor. Mm. And then <laughs> the year after I graduated, 1989 came out and I loved Blank Space and I loved the singles, but I still hated Taylor. <laughs> and I remember even tweeting once, like, sometimes as hard as you want to deny it, like Taylor. So it's the only person who understands you Oh wow (laughs) That's so good Which like she does She's the only person who understands all of us So then my friend Annie Was going to go to the Reputation Stadium tour And the friend that she was supposed to go with Couldn't go anymore So she asked me to go We always go to Ariana Grande together So it was like You know what? I love going to concerts with Annie Fine, I'll do it I'll be like mad and like angsty in the seats Obviously it was the best night ever But I still hated Taylor. I still would not give in. Then I was dumped that September, like the Taylor concert was in July, I think. Reputation got me through it. And that's when I was like, I'm giving in to the inner thoughts that say, you love Taylor, you love her songs, you love her music. I totally gave in, I let go, and I've been a Swifty ever since. And I dove hard when I dove.
0: Yeah, like in Facebook fan
2: groups for Taylor. (laughs) Oh my god, Facebook fan groups, discords, like, I'm obsessed. I'm
0: obsessed with her. It's
2: fucking wild. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: so funny, too, because we were at the uh, same Reputation concert. You were? Yeah. And so I remember you, uh, I think you saw Gina's story, and then we were messaging, and I was like, I thought Brittany, like, didn't, like, Taylor, and I was like, oh, this concert's going to change that. (laughs) It was so
2: good. It blew my mind. The other thing that I was telling you the other day, Gab, is I realized the Daylight episode when you were saying, like, we've been robbed of seeing her live during the Lover Era. I've seen her twice live during the Lover Era, which Mm -hmm. is wild. I know. It's like, I can't believe it. Like, again, dove hard. I dove so hard into it. And like, I am so glad I went to Jingle Ball on her 30th birthday. Like, I had to. So I got tickets wow. last minute, sat at the side <laughs> of the stage. I've seen her perform the song Lover twice live, and then yeah. I went to Saturday Night Live, which was oh. like, it, That it false was God. Gr- oh my God. That was God. actually the greatest night of my life. I was wow. like mediocre on false God until I went to SNL, mm-hmm. and I was like, that green outfit. Yeah. I can't. It was that so outfit good. Was so it was so good.
1: good. That performance is so good. I was totally sleeping on false God until I saw that performance. Yeah. I was like, like, like wow yes it
2: was amazing
1: well that was our second question what concerts have you seen or have you seen her live oh there Mm -hmm. you go so moving right along
0: I'm an overachiever, I guess. <laughs> I mean, always have been. So today, as you know, we are discussing Death by a Thousand Cuts, which, funnily enough, it actually makes me think of you because I know how
1: much you love this song. <laughs> I love this song so, so much. I,
2: that's
0: why I wanted to be on this episode.
1: We're probably about to get really nerdy up in here and Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm so really excited. let's do it. Let's <laughs>
0: get into it. Brittany, what do you think about Death by a Thousand Cuts? This
2: is... In my top five. It's one of her best. And granted, Lover was also my first experience. Like, yours was, Devin. Like, the first, Mm -hmm. like... Waiting for the album to drop, like picking up the Easter eggs, waiting for the meme music video to come out. That was like my first experience with being a Swifty and like doing that whole thing. Everything about it is amazing. I have been listening to the song all week and I have only found one tiny thing that I don't like about it. Otherwise, I cannot find one thing that I dislike it okay. is an absolutely fantastic song the fact that like it's not true to her life is like right. it's like foreshadowing folklore and in a way i think it's the precursor to new romantics which sounds weird but i have reason to back that up i, I just think it's a phenomenal song it's one of her best without a doubt without a doubt so good absolutely what about you me given? me next yeah oh
1: boy okay okay <laughs> Seven, so, let's hear it. What oh do you think of the song? I'm about to get really nerdy here. Okay, this song is such a bop. And like, how can such a bop still be such a sad song? You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. like, like, it's another sad bop. It's like, all you had to do was stay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly visceral story that is, like you said, not about her. And so this is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. This is one of the first major songs of hers that, like, is... Beloved by pretty much all Swifties, that isn't written about her like, like, a, like autobiographical.
0: I'm not sure because she's never confirmed certain things, so there might be songs on past albums. Yeah, but a lot of like the big, intense Swiftie songs, we do know that they kind of connect her come like from her, well
1: and thing. and we know like why she wrote this song, what she wrote mm-hmm. about, where the the source material was, and so knowing that like this isn't directly from her, but it's from an experience she had from watching a movie mm. and from experience. Experiencing someone else's story mm-hmm. is incredible and that she can bring all of this emotion and feeling into a song that she doesn't really relate to like she relates probably in a sense and she's probably had an experience like this mm-hmm. I mean I think we all have mm-hmm. but knowing that this is something that came from a different source material is it gives it like this extra like how did she do this? Mm-hmm. Like, how did she create this masterpiece that way? Everything. It truly
2: is a masterpiece. It's
1: it a is. masterpiece. It is. It's it an
2: is. absolute masterpiece.
1: I don't know many people who sleep on this song because we have done yeah, polls no, and no, like either. I think that everybody universally loves this song because it is. It's one of her best. The groove, the intricacies <laughs> of the background <laughs> vocals, the instruments, the production, the lyrics, the melody, mm-hmm. the bridge.
2: Bridge Queen.
1: Ugh. <laughs> I mean, we've, of course, in our past Lover episodes talked about all of the bridges from Lover. This Mm -hmm. is the era where she got her PhD in bridge building. Yeah, (laughs) This was like, she was like, I'm going to become a bridge builder. I love the Brooklyn Bridge. I love the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. I'm going to make my (laughs) own bridges. And she's like, I'm I'm going to build a bridge. I'm (laughs) literally going to build like the 18 bridges on this album that destroy yeah. Like there's so, like every single one. The intro, that guitar yeah. lick in the intro just oh bringing you my right God. in. Wait, right? I have a
2: comment about that. Yeah. yeah. Does it not remind you of Party in the USA a little it bit? It does. It's a little bit. Yeah. Because it
0: hooks you in that same way. It's, yeah. It, yeah. Like it really
2: does. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind
0: of like Party in the USA.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
0: Definitely. A Bing. great pop
2: Bing.
1: song Bing. as well. Great pop Bing. song. It so, reminds me oh. of freshman
0: year of college. Such a bop. Same, actually.
1: Back, back, <laughs> back to the Miley Cyrus. We love Miley Cyrus over here. Yeah. Hannah Montana fans. Forever. Love forever. Before the guitar lick, you get the intro with the Mys. Mm-hmm. The My, 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 My. And it's really cool because you think that the Mys are on the downbeat. Mm-hmm. But then once the guitar lick comes in, you realize that the Mys are actually on the upbeat. Mm. So the guitar lick comes in, and then the mice are on the uh, my 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 my. <laughs> so it's like your ear hears the mice at first, and you're like, okay, this is very interesting. But then the guitar lick comes in, and then you're like, wait a minute, I have no idea what's on the downbeat. What's the downbeat? And then you realize that the guitar <laughs> is the downbeat, and the mice are going. So your mind is already in like this crazy, like what's going on, sort of like very all over the place sort of mode mm-hmm. until she comes in, and everything cuts out again. And And it's just her vocals and the guitar line. Mm. And every time she sings the chorus, saying goodbye is death by a thousand cuts, flashbacks, wake me up. Every single time she says it, all of the production around her, the Mize and then the crazy piano, the triplet piano, (gasps) and like all of the extra stuff cuts out. And it's just her and the guitar again. Mm. And so this guitar is like, is like this motif for her. We'll talk about this in Gossip Gab with the movie, but whenever she has those flashbacks, that's the motif. And then everything else cuts out until she gets back into, I dress to kill my time. I take the long Mm. way home. And then like the fill comes back in, you get all of the extra production around it. And then you get those crazy piano triplets when she sings, when she first sings Death by a Thousand Cuts. Oh, it's Death by a Thousand thousand cuts and then you get the and it's over and over and over again it's like every cut that's hitting is that mm-hmm. piano over and over and then that keeps playing through right and then the bridge which just <gasps> that bridge is we keep talking about my top five bridges and i feel like i keep moving things into those top five bridges but this oh, is so such a good, good bridge it is
0: so good
1: you listen to it it is so raw is so real Mm -hmm. you know she just keeps thinking about him and and she keeps seeing him in different places and she can't stop god it's just so freaking good the last thing they'll say is that the final guitar solo when she goes back into i dress to kill my time i take the long way home that last bit yeah i ask the traffic lights if it'll be all right they say i don't know it's a different guitar lick it is not the same as oh my the other God. ones. Um, it's a change. Yeah. She's changed from the beginning of the song to the end of the song. And when everything is cut back out and that new guitar lick, it's different. You're like, oh my God. It's different. <laughs> Something's happened. She's gone through a journey. I've gone through a journey. Yeah, she's
0: God. like at peace almost at the end. A little more, a little more resigned
1: almost. I'm using my acting for the singer techniques that I learned in college, which is analyzing music from an acting standpoint mm. as well. And all of the music that Jack Antonoff created uh with her all of the different sounds all the different vibes the story that the actual music tells to Mm. complement the lyrics it is an absolute masterpiece
2: that's so interesting yeah that's really cool that was so deep that way thank you yeah
1: i nerded out i listened to this like 12 times in a row yesterday or two days ago when i was doing my research and i loved it i loved every single time i listened to it because i was finding more and more things i was like oh my god like this sounds like this and this is like Crazy and what's this? There's so much. It sounds like a fever
2: dream. Like it is. And I always go back and forth of which version I like better and I think I like both equally. I agree too. Because I think the production's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like I feel like You know, we also like whenever we love Taylor's songs, we love when she does them acoustic because it just feels Uh different and special. And it's so good acoustic and you like see her emotions and you see her into it. But like the production on this song is so special to Uh the song. And even though like I didn't pick up on like a lot of the stuff that you were just talking about. I felt a lot of those same feelings mm-hmm. with, same. from the production. Yeah, yeah
1: it's like the, the the feeling of the song is, like you said, a fever dream. It's mm-hmm. uh, this character is going through experiences over and over again and just can't stop. Like, it was really cool watching the movie because you really got 100%. it. A
2: hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Like, the song made so much sense. And especially listening to it after seeing the movie, it was like, wow. Taylor literally wrote this movie into the, into these feelings in this song. It's so cool.
0: Yeah. So cool. It is really cool.
1: What do you think about it?
0: So, I mean, you guys covered most of it, but obviously I love this song just so much. It's definitely in my top 20. It's a fantastic song. It just flows like so perfectly. Like the song just continues and you're just like, yes. Like mm-hmm. I've never heard this song and not immediately been into it. Yep. Like I'm always in the mood for this song. Mm-hmm. And I think that this chorus might be my favorite taylor chorus ever i really do giver I know I, love I really that. I really think so and like you know a lot of choruses sometimes I'm like not as into or with the repetitive nature of them it just it flows like better than anything I've ever heard I feel mm. like I don't know and like her voice is just so strong and like confident on it mm-hmm. even though it's a breakup song like there's something about the way she's telling the story that you're just like she's gonna be okay I mm-hmm. guess kind of yeah and I think it's also a fantastic breakup song as well I do too it's It's just, like, it's so relatable and real and especially, like, from the movie source material, she just gets it. (laughs) She really writes, like, what people feel. And, like, instantly when I first heard it, when we listened to Lover, like, I was just totally obsessed. Mm. It's just so catchy. Mm -hmm. So well written. And even though there are, like, certain aspects and, like, lines that I'm like, I don't really get. Like, why are they saying mine in the beginning? And, like, why is she asking the traffic lights? Like, I get that, like, in this fever dream kind of feeling, it's just, like, everything's happening at once. She's going through all these emotions and trying Mm -hmm. to sort through them. Yeah. And so that's kind of, like...
2: Way. I have two things to say about the mys. Yeah. yeah. So I read somewhere, I forget where it was, at the beginning, the my, my is in the same beat as my heart, my hips, my body, my lo- It takes out what she's talking about. So it's like she's going through everything in her mind and mm-hmm. those flashes that mm-hmm. she's talking about. That is how my head feels when I get dumped. Like it is. Yeah. Like my this, my that, my... Yeah. Everything. Um, it's crazy. And the other thing that I do have to say about the Myz that I do like in the Tiny Desk version better is I love when she does the MIs at the beginning. Yeah, of the Tiny Desk
0: version instead
1: of jumping that right she into doesn't it.
0: do in the Paris yeah. version. I think yeah. it's so yeah. pretty. Yeah, I agree. And it, that like makes it like you're like oh like I got yeah. it more there with the My.
1: The thing that, about the acoustic version that doesn't do it as much for me is the intricacies of everything in the studio album song, mm. uh, version of mm-hmm.
2: it. By the way, also the one-two punch of Cornelia Street into Death by a Thousand Cuts on the it's, album is the greatest sequencing
0: it's, um,
1: yeah, it's incredible. in
2: the history of it's so the epic. Taylor Sphere. And I think yeah. these songs are almost opposites because this is like an upbeat breakup song and the other one is a slow ballad about like a love that has been mm-hmm. the greatest love of her life. So yeah. It's, it's super interesting. And I remember when the album came out. I was in Colorado and it was 9 o'clock there and I like, wasn't – or 10 o'clock or whatever. I wasn't used to the time change, so I went to bed really early. I, I always listen to Taylor as I go to sleep. And Death by a Thousand Cuts was a song that woke me up. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is this song? <laughs> it was like the first song that was. I was like, wow, this yeah. is a
1: special album. And that attributes as well to the singles – for her aren't necessarily always the best songs on her albums, I know. which is I know. very interesting. And what we've been uh, realizing with a lot of people, especially like my my parents <laughs> and stuff, listening to this podcast, is that they only know like her hits. They only know yeah. like "You Belong with Me" and "Love Story" and stuff. And it's like those aren't her best. I mean, they're amazing songs, but like she has so many good yeah. songs. That like
2: none of those songs are what the songs that I
0: would show people if I want to make them a Swifty.
1: Exactly. And I. Think That was
2: also
0: my problem. I made my brother listen to, I mean, and he's super open to all sorts of music, but it's not like he'd immediately gravitate towards Taylor, you know, as like a 34-year-old dude. Like, it's not his first inclination. You know, he's Mm -hmm. like a folk song person. I made him listen to Cornelia Street when it first came out. I'm like, you have to (gasps) hear this song. (laughs) So you mentioned that when you were listening to the song, there's one small thing that you didn't like. What is that thing? So I mistook one of the lyrics, and I actually think that my version of the
2: lyric is better. Um, (laughs) This is also the cynicism in me, and it also is like relating it to the, the source material in the film. I always thought for a really long time until until like this week when I was like really diving into the lyrics because like I thought I had it memorized I was like one lyric off I used to think the lyrics were the only thing we share is this whole town Mm. as opposed to this small town Mm. knowing that this song's about New York City and like my love for New York City and the idea of like it's the biggest city in the world and you could run into your ex-boyfriend at any minute. Yep. Yeah. The idea of like this whole town. But like maybe mm. also it's also kind of a small town, but like that's the one mm.
0: little note. I kind of feel like that line, and I don't really know, but like that the calling it small town is the part that makes it like more relatable to everyone. <laughs> totally. You know? Sure. sure. Right. That idea of like your hometown or whatever. Yep. Yeah. But I do like this whole town. Because like, yeah. it's still that same whole feeling of like trying to find a part of me you didn't touch, you know? Yeah. yeah. Devin. Oh, am you, I first for Yeah, relating. you're going to go first. How okay. do you relate to this song?
1: Absolutely relate to heartbreak and constant thinking of somebody. Mm-hmm. Like when you are seeing somebody every day at school or whatever, you know, every day in real life, I didn't really have any major girlfriends until you in my actual real life. Um, well,
0: school's still real life.
1: I guess, Your but like college life. college and high school, <laughs> like that's not real life. That's not real. Um, is it not?
0: It's it real, real for to me. me.
1: Felt- <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Sense memory is such a crazy thing. Thoughts and places and foods and smells and music and everything that reminds you. Of someone Mm -hmm. or reminds you of a place when collide by howie day for instance starts playing thank god it brings it brings me right back to seventh grade middle school dance with this girl emma and it was my first slow dance and it like every single time collide starts it, it immediately is just like oh whoa yeah okay this is really weird you know i mean smells like when i smell the ocean i think of maine Mm. like it doesn't necessarily have to be about a relationship or whatever but sense memory is just such an incredibly complex thing that when you have gone through a relationship with somebody when food that you eat now you're like oh my god this avocado toast now reminds me of of her like i can't i can't eat avocado (laughs) toast anymore this Mm. is horrendous you know or like they use this shampoo like and then you smell yeah, the shampoo and you're like oh my name. god the shampoo or patchouli I have totally jumped on the Jack Antonoff train mm-hmm. and I am thoroughly on board and I am going the distance and I may <laughs> even have a talent crush on him you do and, not may yeah I totally do <laughs> I absolutely do he is the doofiest of doofs and one of the most brilliant human beings in the music industry right now and everything he touches turns to gold. And I've been listening to Bleachers like nonstop, like in like the past couple of weeks. I am obsessed. I saw him perform
2: in a Bleachers concert once. Ah!
1: I am obsessed with pre-Taylor,
2: pre-me being obsessed with Taylor. Yeah, because Bleachers.
1: Now yeah, are i want to
0: marry so him. Yeah, you. Are, I feel like you guys would yeah. honestly be perfect together. Yeah.
1: So, um, Jack,
2: if you're listening, <laughs>
1: yeah, Jack, Jack, hey, Jack. I'm single. Even the songs that he helped with the vault. Like yeah. the Fearless Vault songs oh that God. he did. Don't, Don't You. you?
2: <laughs> it's so good. I'm not well. That I slept on Don't You for the first two days of me listening to Fearless. And then I wasn't sleeping on it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, no, me too. It's so good. It's so good. It's so oh good. Oh my God.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm um, going to cry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm crying right now. Uh, Gab, how do you relate to the song?
0: <laughs> Obviously, I definitely relate to this song. We've talked about how the bridge is so epic, and it's definitely one of Taylor's best. And the lyrics that I most relate to from it are the part where she says, My time, my wine, my spirit, my trust, trying to find a part of me you didn't take up, gave you too much, but it wasn't enough, but I'll be all right, it's just a thousand cuts. God. When you feel like you've given someone every part of yourself... And, like, so much of your time and energy, your trust, your heart, like, yourself, like, just everything, it is so freaking difficult when they break your heart to try and, like, separate what is part of you that they didn't take Mm. And, like, what's part of you that has remained and, like, what doesn't remind you of him. Like, what Devin was saying with sense memory, like, so much reminds you of someone when Mm -hmm. you go through a breakup. When I was 20, I had – I got broken up from a relationship that was four years at that point. So that was – when I was 20 years old, it was a fifth of my life, which is, like, a pretty big portion of your life, especially the ages that I was. So it was, like, the majority of, like, my Mm -hmm. teen, young, adult years were taken up by this relationship. And I remember when we broke up, I was just, like, so extremely overwhelmed by how much of my life my ex was a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember I kept saying to my mom over and over again, because I was, like, really, like, I was really depressed and not okay and, like, like just so despondent. And I remember saying, like, it's not the breakup, it's everything. Like, yeah. it's everything. And I hadn't thought of that in, like, a long time because this was – was
2: tw- It was 2012 because it was right, right before nine years year ago year of college.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it was nine years ago. I remember. And I hadn't thought of that, like, but how I was saying it's everything. And then listening to this song made me think of that so much, how, like, it's everything. It's all the parts, trying to find mm-hmm. a part of me that you didn't touch. And then, like, going back to the part, what you said earlier with the mys, It's just Mm -hmm. like when you're in that state where you're trying to separate it all and trying to find yourself again and separate what part of yourself still is with that relationship that they've chosen to end, I had at least totally obsessive thoughts, like constantly Mm -hmm. going over and over in my head, like, well, okay, well, it was this part, and what about his family, and what about our friends, which are all the Mm -hmm. same, and what about this Mm. part of my life, and what about... And it was just like constant scrolling over and over and over, like, why did I let so much part of me become this person? Yeah. also the part like gave you so much, like I was total at like in my past like self-sacrificer like to my detriment in my relationships and it wasn't healthy and it also didn't help the relationship at all. But because of that too, there was like so much I had just like totally given up and like disregarded for myself to give to that person. Yeah. So it's just like those my's like I totally like mm. now that you guys are saying this stuff like thinking about like how my brain, like how it was yeah. like yeah. It's everything.
2: There's no linear thinking when you get dumped. Yeah, Your yeah, mind's all over jumps. the place.
0: And it, your mind never stops. And it's so chaotic, yeah. which is like so much of
1: like part of the production of the yeah. song, too. And anything can set you off.
0: Still, the name of my ex sets me off, like in movies and TV shows. Still, because that name is just like. Ooh, painful. It took me a while after that to figure out, like, what things were just mine and who I was apart from that relationship. And honestly, I think a lot of that was, like, that person wasn't really part of my college life. like, Mm -hmm. And that, like, going and escaping to Skidmore and to, like, our jobs working together, Brittany, because you were there at that time. Yeah, Like, that was the stuff that was just mine, you know? Theater was just mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, working at Skidmore and in the department, like, that was mine. And I could then, mm-hmm. like, throw myself into that. To, like, then be like, okay, this is who I am and, like, that's in my past. That, along with the Red Album, like, saved me. So, Brittany, I know you've got a lot here. How do you relate to Death by a Thousand Cuts? I like to think of myself as the heartbreak queen.
2: Mm. (laughs) I relate. It's okay. (laughs) I get dumped a lot. So much so that, like, I can hardly remember a time that I dumped someone. And I had two major breakups, and then the other ones have been, like, tiny breakups that, like, I've been seeing someone, like, in the past three years since I've been single. They just haven't worked out for some reason or another, whether it have been, like, someone broke it off with me because COVID started. Someone broke it off with me because he was, like, in residency at a hospital. Like, I've had, like, mini heartbreaks here and there, but, like, I consider myself the heartbreak queen for sure. Gab, you said so much of what I've been thinking of how I relate to this song, But one of the things that I think I relate to the most in this song is the line, I'll be alright. It's just a thousand cuts because I have now trained my own brain for whenever I get my heart broken. I create a routine for myself where, like, I take one to two days to wallow and, like, be sad and I can't eat. I can't do anything and I throw myself into my work because that's the only thing that I can do to take my mind off of it. And then I get up the third day and I start working out again and I start living my life again and I just think it's so interesting how she says, I'll be all right. It's just a thousand cuts. Like, it feels like the worst thing in the world, but in the end, you are going to be okay. And every single time, it hurts so badly. Even though so many of the times that I've been dumped, it hasn't actually been that much about me. It was more about, like, who we were together than, like, what did I do wrong? But still, every time I was dumped, I was thinking, like, my this, my that, my it is that fever dream. Like you think of all these things in your head when you're trying to fall asleep and you can't fall asleep because you're going over the conversation over and over and over again in your mind. But in the end, you'll always be okay. You really will. And you'll find that person. Like, look at you guys. Like, this is a good example. So I think the statement of I'll be all right, it's just a thousand cuts is so important. And like you said, Devin, when you were talking about how she goes through the journey of the song in the end, um, I asked the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. And the guitar, like, is different. That is the journey of the breakups that I've had. Like, you also think of the same things in a different light, too. Like, when you're thinking of things over and over again in your mind, you see them differently in retrospect than you did while you were in it. And I think there are different takes – on that meaning of, like, I asked the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. Like, they have two different meanings both times almost in a way. The other thing that I kind of alluded to earlier is, like, I feel like this song is – step one of my breakup process and the song new romantics is my part two of my heartbreak process <laughs> yes. every time like after i break up i like go through the death by a thousand cuts moment i'm not like a crazy partier by any means but then i'm like i'm living my life heartbreak is the national anthem yes. like <laughs> you know what i mean like i feel like that's like my breakup process is two step taylor I love that. Death by a Thousand Cuts, yep. then New Romantics.
0: Oh, New Romantics
2: is it's one of my so all-time
0: favorite songs. Good, Even though they're on two
2: completely different albums. I connect them in a way yeah, in my sure. process of, like, breakups and, like, my process of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And, like, she can do that all over the place in two different stages of her life. And they could completely connect to where I am now at 29 yeah, or where I was at 27 or whatever. This song, like, also makes me cry a yeah. lot because yeah. everything about it is so tangible in the process of heartbreak. Yeah. Mm. I love
0: that. Oh,
1: it's so good.
0: This song is so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so I like, good. I like love it even good. more talking to you guys about it. <laughs> it's so cool.
1: Well, now we get to the segment of... Gossip
0: Taylor wrote Death by a Thousand Cuts after watching the Netflix romantic comedy called Someone Great. The movie tells the story of a couple who end their relationship after nine years together. It's a movie about how she has to end this relationship, and she didn't want it to end because she's still in love with the person, but they just grew apart, and he's not a jerk, Swift explained on the Elvis Duran morning radio show. It's just sad because it's realistic, time passed, and now we're different people, and that is the most devastating thing. So Taylor said that after she watched the movie, she dreamed about it while she was sleeping. And she decided that, like, she had to write a breakup song based on the film. Like, lyrics were coming to her about the film. If you have not seen Someone Great, you should all totally go watch it on Netflix. Uh, Devin and I rewatched it this week. And it's really good and funny, but also, like, extremely heartbreaking. Yeah. So make sure you're, you know, you'd be in the right mood to watch a movie about the a breakup but it is so good so heartbreaking I cried so cried much it's so good and re-watching it and knowing about this song because when I first watched the movie I don't think I knew about the connection with the song I watched it like shortly after it came mm-hmm. out so
2: the song wasn't out yet yeah mm-hmm. but watching it with the knowledge of the song makes it like a whole different movie
0: it's so it's amazing and it's like oh my god Taylor she like just really got it And she just took this movie and and like distilled it into this song. What also is so
2: interesting about it to me is the right didn't the writer say that the song Clean inspired the movie?
0: Yes. So her, her name, the director and writer of the movie is Jennifer Caton Robinson. And she said that the movie would never have existed without Taylor's 1989 album. Crazy. Like,
2: I remember when this movie was casting, because I've talked a little bit about like what I do, but I'm a talent agent. And when this movie was first casting, instead of like the neon classic, it was about going to an LCD sound system concert, hence the name Someone Great, which is one of their like big songs. So I found it so interesting that it also was so inspired by Taylor, because like the original script of it was so inspired by LCD sound system, which I like don't really listen to. But it's like that was the original concept of the movie.
1: Interesting. Well, yeah.
0: And I wonder if when this the woman Jennifer Robinson, I wonder if going through this breakup, if she turned to that album and then it felt different to her.
2: Like this song enhances the movie so much and like vice versa. Yeah. yeah.
1: It could have been a track in the movie.
2: Yeah, the movie's soundtrack is so good. It's really so good. good. This is the movie that put Lizzo on the map. This is the song that like made Truth Hurts a thing. So
0: good. So good. I've actually been listening to since we watched the movie in the beginning, the Supercut of Us, The Lord Song. It's so good. Or it's just called Supercut, I think. Remember the movie. Yeah, the song oh my god. In the it's called Supercut. Yeah. Wait, did Jack? Write the song with Lord is
2: my question. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Because Jack wrote like the whole second album with Lord.
0: Oh, we need to look that up. The layers it's to just, it if he wrote Supercut with Lord is. Yes, he, I, yes, if he it, did. He
1: did. He did
0: there we go that's amazing and that sounds so good also that as they're doing it they're showing like images of their relationship and they're showing Polaroids like during the supercut, and it's like if she was inspired by 1989
1: all the Polaroids yep Polaroids
0: it was all Polaroids oh my god it's
2: all connected I wish like this relationship existed before the movie so that like they could have collaborated in some
0: way yeah would have been so cool but they did
1: they unknowingly collaborated yeah like it's so cool
0: a hundred percent Taylor said about that she said I just wrote a song based on something she made which she made while listening to something I made which is the most meta thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) and it's cool because I'm sure so many people create art based on the emotions they feel listening to Taylor. But it's not so often that Taylor has created art from those things, and that's what she's kind of delving into more now. Some of the stuff, too, in debut, it was, like, feelings that she could have seen or thought about, but she hadn't experienced yet. One of the things that I thought was really cool rewatching the movie with the knowledge of the song is there's this letter at the end of the movie um, that the main character reads. And, like, one of those the lines is just, like, so connected. So she says... When something breaks and the pieces are big enough, you can fix it. I guess sometimes things don't break they shatter. But when you let the light in, shattered glass will glitter. And in those moments, when the pieces catch the sun, I'll remember just how beautiful it was. And I'm like, mm. that's a thousand cuts! When the Literally. glass shatters! It's a thousand cuts! I was like, oh my god. And that letter, it's longer, like, you guys should watch the movie and that read movie this is, letter. Yeah, that part's
1: so beautiful. beautiful. And Gina Rodriguez, like, come on. It's so good. Like She's
2: so good in so good. it. So
1: good. Oh, she so captures, emotional. like, all of it.
2: The connection between that letter and, like, if the story's over. Why am I still writing pages? Yep.
1: Yeah, it's because so she's good. writing in a journal. Cut me with
2: a knife. Death by a Yes, bucks. yes. And sh- also, it reminds me of champagne problems. Your heart was glass. I shattered. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I mean, it's all connected in that way. And like, it's so cool too. Like her character at the end of the movie, where she's kind of come through the breakup and is starting to come to peace with it too. Is that end of the song journey yeah. in Death by a Thousand Cuts? That writing that letter yeah. is that last part of the song. Yeah,
1: like the I don't yeah. know that she's getting from the streetlights isn't a like a bad I don't know. It's a who knows what's in front of me at this point. Yeah, sort of right th- thought. You and, know?
0: and the woman who wrote the movie and that it's about. She was okay, you know, she went on. She had this awesome career opportunity and then she also wrote this movie and like yeah.
2: It's so cool. It was a Netflix movie and Paul Feig produced it. That's a big it's deal. It's a really big, big deal. deal. And big also deal. like
0: the cast was like really
2: great cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a good movie. I forgot how much I liked this movie the first time I saw Me it too. and then watching it again this time around. It also like takes place around my apartment. And the other fun thing about this movie is that they, there's a scene where they stand in front of the Cornelia Street Cafe? Oh, did you notice I that? Did. <laughs> oh. That's so yeah. good. It's so good. The layers in this movie. That's amazing. Wow, I love that. Yeah, because it's all in like that neighborhood. So like there's one scene that like truly takes place on Cornelia Street and they're standing right in front of the Cornelia Street Cafe. Okay. I love
0: it. That is so good. It's so good. I know. I wish the song was in this movie. Yeah, it would be perfect. I mean, because duh, it is perfect. It's a perfect song. Yeah. Before Taylor performed Death by a Thousand Cuts during her NPR Tiny Desk performance, Which, if anyone listening hasn't seen, watch the whole thing. It's about a half hour. It's so good. Taylor told a story before she performed it that I thought was so cool and very personal. She said, Over the course of the years that I've done interviews, which is probably 15 or 16 years now, I've gotten a question over and over again that I think has the potential to seriously deteriorate my mental health. The question is, What will you ever do if you get happy? What will you write about? Will you just never be able to write a song again? (laughs) And Taylor said, it's an interesting question. In the interviews, when I would get that question as a young person, I'd kind of be like, well, I started writing songs about things I had no idea about. Like, I started writing songs when I was 12 years old, and they were usually about heartbreak, and I had no idea what I was talking about. But I had watched movies, and I had read books, So I'd grab inspiration from Character Dynamics and probably just do that. Stuff's going on in the world that's not just happening to me. Maybe I could get inspiration from that. But then I'd go home and I'd be like, what would happen if I ever get happy? (laughs) Would I not be able to do the thing that I love the most in the world? Would I not be able to write breakup songs anymore? I love breakup songs. They're just so fun to write. Hmm. And so I happened to be writing this album, Lover, which is a very, very happy romantic album. And in my life, a few of my friends were going through breakups and we were talking about them. And it's those kind of breakups where you need to talk to your friend because they need to talk about it all day, every day. So I was having a lot of conversations about breakups. I watched movies that were really well done about breakups, and in some of the books I was reading, there were some good breakups that were happening. (laughs) And so this all culminated in me waking up one day with all these heartbreak lyrics in my head, and I was like, it's still here. Yes. So I ended up writing a song that was a breakup song on the Lover album, and this song is my proof that I don't have to stop writing songs about heartache and misery, which for me is incredible news. (laughs)
1: Love it. Love it so much.
0: I just think it's so great. It's true. And
1: then she went and wrote Evermore.
0: And Folklore. It's so crazy. And it's so cool, like, seeing this evolution and, like, the, obviously that question that people ask her is so stupid. Like, will you not be able to create art if you're happy? Like, of course she will. She's very talented. Like, it's not just everything wasn't just from her diary. Like, it, she would take inspiration and then completely open it up, you yeah. know? I mean, Hey, Stephen wasn't a relationship. It was someone she had a crush on, and she wrote a song about it, you know? And so... I think it's cool, like, seeing that evolution and how she's now been able to go into, like, I can write completely original characters and songs in Folklore and Evermore and put pieces of myself in them. Yep. And I think that's very cool and also, like, important for the longevity of her
1: career. Definitely. Yeah.
2: The thing that I think is so
0: interesting about that
2: speech and the thing that I love so much about her saying, like, and this is love or this is pre-folklore Evermore, about how much she loves breakup songs is now she's, like found someone to write breakup songs with, and she's written so many good yeah. breakup songs with Joe. It's, like, unreal. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: So good. And they love it. They love sad songs. They
0: do. They love sad songs. They love breakup songs. It's great. I know. It made me like, when I first heard those albums, I was like, what? And then I was like, he wrote them with her. Oh, Oh. okay. (laughs) Like, are they okay? This is a really funny Taylor quote about this song and her saying that the bridge of this song is actually her favorite lyric from Lover, which is pretty cool. So this was in the interview with Sirius XM. She said, It's like this ranting bridge, and basically, Jack Antonoff and I love to write ranting bridges. (laughs) Just call him Jack Rantanoff. Oh my God. We just rant on bridges. We started doing that on a song called Out of the Woods a while ago. Like, you know, a bridge takes the song up a level, take it to Bridge City, and we live there. (laughs) Not a surprise that my favorite lyric from Lover would be from a bridge. And, like, it's so good. Like, yes, it goes to Bridge City. Like,
1: this
2: bridge literally goes to Bridge City.
1: This whole album goes to Bridge City.
0: It's so cool, and I love that she knows that. Ugh. And Jack Antonoff, yes. Jack Rantonoff, we love a ranting bridge. Champagne problems, hello. Oh, hello. My, I mean, like, champagne problems. Oh, the bridge. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. So I love good. that she, like, is aware of that. So, Brittany, what is your favorite lyric from Death by a Thousand Cuts?
2: Okay, I spoke about this earlier, but it's, I'll be all right, it's just a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. Nice. I think it's so good. There's the cynicism in it, but also like a little tinge of hope. I can't, I can't put it into words. I can't. I, yeah. She's she, connect. She like exactly. put those thoughts into words for me.
0: So good. And
1: we just cry while we listen to it. Yeah. Love it. Love it.
0: What about you, Devin? What's your favorite line?
1: My favorite line is, paper cut stings from our paper thin plans.
0: <gasps> what? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just the fact that, the woman that made this movie was a writer, mm-hmm. is is a writer, and Taylor's like, hey, I'm going to write this song about this movie where this woman's a writer, and so I'm going to have it be about cuts, paper cuts, <gasps> paper thin cuts, paper thin plans. Oh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use all of this writing metaphor in the song as well. Like, uh, I keep writing pages, mm-hmm. you know, like... Okay, Taylor. Let's just get all this metaphor up in here. Oh my God. Like, and that like paper cut stings from our paper thin plans. Like our relationship was paper thin. Like mm-hmm. apparently because you are you ended it. Like yeah. our plans, whatever. So like, and then just paper cuts. That's more of the thousand cuts. Oh, yeah. perfect line. But Love to
2: it. that Even end, in... a paper cut will always heal. It won't kill you. It, like it does. Yeah, it? Won't. it, it stings. Will always
0: it, it stings? But it will yeah. never kill you.
1: Like, you hate them. They're there. You, you're constantly thinking about them. You constantly feel yeah. them. Ugh.
0: Especially in the movie, this relationship ends because of a future opportunity and one of the people in the relationship moving and then them not seeing their futures going in the same way mm-hmm. and they've grown apart over time. It wasn't the only reason, but, like, yeah. the plans and their future wasn't aligning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ooh. What about you, Gab? What's your favorite line?
0: My favorite line is, you said it was a great love, one for the ages, but if the story's over, why am I still writing pages? Mm. Oh, I relate to it so much. I love it. Like, I also feel like the heartbreak queen in a lot of ways, like, I've only ever been broken up with. Just that whole thing, like, when, like, some, I don't know what it is like to fall out of love with someone. Mm. Like, I have yeah. never had that experience. I've only had to be forced to because they didn't want to be with me anymore. Right. And so that's feeling like, if the story's over, it's ended. Why am I still feeling all these emotions mm-hmm. and going through all this stuff with the heartbreak and thinking about you so much? Like, why is it still happening if we're done? And yeah. that's like, oh, writing pages. Like, yes. Like, I could write pages from all the emotions that I felt going through those breakups. And Yeah, like, I've how done that to get through me? a breakup before. Really? I've, like, written it down. I love that. I I never, like, wrote, like, all of my feelings, but I once made a list of, like, reasons why someone hurt me so much and that, like, I could never forget, like, to remember all the bad things and not, like, gloss over it in Mm -hmm. my mind because I didn't want to forgive the person who was trying to come back into my life. Yeah. Yeah. So that line's so good.
1: So Brittany, on a scale of 1 to 10 traffic lights... What would you give this song?
2: I mean, to no surprise, I give this song a 10. If I could give this song like 5 billion, I would. (laughs) But I'll stick it to ten traffic light for now. As I said, this song's in my top five. It's the only song that sometimes knocks Cornelia Street. Cornelia Street and Death by a Thousand Cuts are like they're my my two forever favorites. That's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. What about you? From one to ten traffic lights. I already know the answer, but what was oh, you do talk?
1: you? <laughs> do you?
0: I do. Because
1: it's literally my number one forever. It will always be number one for me, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, she's written two other albums since Lover, and it's still number one for me. Mm-hmm. In all of her 170 plus songs, it's number one for me. And Cornelia Street's number two. So it's like one, <laughs> one and two. Like, <laughs> I, I feel and you. And I feel I you. you, Brittany. Like, right there.
0: Wait, wait. Brittany, when's your birthday again? July 12th. Okay. okay.
1: Oh, okay. I'm July 23rd. But you're not a
2: Leo, right? No, she's no. A cancer. I'm a cancer, but my moon's in Leo. Okay, because mm. I was like, you give such Leo vibes. I know in a lot my of ways. moons in Leo. Yeah, yeah. my I'm a rising Scorpio. It's very weird. I could see that. Sure.
1: Yeah. So ten. Obviously, the song is such a ten. Mm. This song will always be a ten. I mean, it is the perfect collaboration yeah. on all fronts. It is the perfect song. It is a journey. It just makes you feel all the feels. I literally listened to this twelve times in a row the other day and did not care. I could listen on repeat all day.
2: Yeah. All same. I could. And not
1: get bored. Gap. What about you on a scale of one to ten traffic lights?
0: (laughs) I give it. Ten traffic lights. Wow. To no surprise. Tens
1: across the board. Tens across the
0: board. It's such a fantastic song. So well written. I'm pretty sure all my top twenties are tens. Yeah. Like it it's so good. We know it. We've we've said it all. Yeah. It's amazing. So pretty, thank you so much for <laughs> joining us as a guest on Tay to Z. Is there anything you'd like to plug or share with our listeners? You can follow me. My Instagram
2: is B Perlmutter, B P E R L M U T E
0: R. That's really it. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
2: So thanks for thanks having so me, Thanks so much though. for sharing yeah. your swiftiness with us. Oh Ooh-hoo. my God. I'm thrilled to be here. This is fun. I love talking really about this song. Geek I me As, like, on as you song. can tell, I could talk about this song all day.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yay. Definitely.
0: All right. Thank you, Brittany. Thank, Thank you. you. Keep listening along with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Tay to Z Podcast. Yeah. And tell us all your thoughts about Death by a Thousand Cuts. Yeah. How many traffic lights would you give this song? How many? Do you also love this song? Do you? Are you a Death by a Thousand Cuts hater? (gasps) Oh. (laughs) We want to hear it all. So be sure to interact with us and comment on our Instagram posts. Also be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're getting this right now.
1: Absolutely. Next episode, we'll be covering Delicate from Reputation.
0: Nice. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And
1: I'm Gab. This has been Day to Z.
0: Thanks for listening. See you next time.